Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Nicoline Hosinga. And I, I might have had a little bit problem, of problems with that, but she can correct me. And she's from the Netherlands. Welcome, Nicoline. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Very happy. And I got to know you a little bit because we've connected before, but tell the listeners, what's your business? Well, I am a solopreneur and I help other solopreneurs to be visible and confident by creating amazing kick-ass content that they can share online <laughs> and uh, to create wonderful sales pitches that they can share during live networking events and uh, well, to basically to present themselves uh, in a better way. And that's so, really so important. Yes, really, it is. Really, important. It is. I think many of us, at one point, we always struggle with, what's that short version of myself I can say as an elevator pitch? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, tell really. me, because you're doing that, you're probably also doing public speaking. Yeah. And how was the first time you, had, uh, you were doing a public speaking gig? Oh, that first time was really, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. I remember I had to, we had a corporate university uh, because I worked for a huge corporate at the time. And um, we had an opening session and I was asked to do a small introduction. I think it was only three minutes. And at the time we were still working with overhead projectors. Do you remember those? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> That's part of my own story. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I would love to hear that. Um, and I remember standing there with this overhead slide and, and looking at the audience. I think there were 200 people in the room and I was just shaking And I was, I was just wishing for it to be over, basically. <laughs> uh, and I, I really, I can't even remember what I said, but it was really, it was kind of clumsy. It was kind of clumsy. And I was really happy that someone took over and that was a very experienced presenter. So after that, the audience was fine. But those first three minutes must have been awful for them as well. <laughs> Probably the longest three minutes of your life. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I can really relate to that because actually my first real public speaking was with an overhead projector. I had to produce a seminar for my bachelor's at university and I was scared to death. Oh. And the only decent way I thought I would make this up because it was 20 minutes in an auditorium I thought I would I would die but you know you have to you either flunk your bachelor's because you don't do it right or yeah. you shape up and you do something yeah. and for me it was drawing all the major graphics and pictures that I could 
think of to be my path. So, so I had my, my Sharpies and my overheads, yeah. the transparencies, and that's how I made it work. So yeah. I can really relate. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, when, when thinking back, I mean, it was hilarious. It must have been hilarious. But at the time I was sweating. I was really, oh, I couldn't wait for it to be over. <laughs> Oh, I guess so. And tell me, that was the first time, but did you have any other challenging experiences while public speaking? Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is that it's a few years ago, I did a presentation for a group of people that I knew quite well. And um, when I prepared my presentation, I thought, you know, I want to do some interactive thing during the presentation. So, um, well, as you can imagine, with pitching and well, sharing your story, um, it's, it's really important that you include the component of storytelling. It Absolutely. Is. And I always love it when people include bits and pieces of their own history from a previous employer or anything that really shaped you as a person. So in the audience, I knew there was a guy who uh, was a, f a rugby player and he loved rugby. I knew that. Uh, so I thought, you know, rugby is a wonderful uh, metaphor for leadership, basically. It's about communication. It's about strategy. It's about, well, just persevering. And, you know, so I thought that's, that's a nice context. So I decided that I would ask them on the spot what how he used rugby as a kind of metaphor in his work when he was a leadership trainer <laughs> that was big mistake number one i didn't ask him up front so he was put on the spot <laughs> so i asked him and um and he was really surprised to say the least and and he was getting kind of defensive and he was sitting like this and he, with his arms crossed and he said yeah 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 rugby is a very violent sport and I thought uh oh this, this is, is not going well this is not going well <laughs> so I I was trying to be witty and I said uh, yeah but you know there can be verbal violence in leadership as well and then then that so I thought myself being well really clever too <laughs> quick on the uptake uh but he was like yeah no no rugby is very violent i don't know why i would want to include that in my leadership work no no so i thought okay i need to move on to the next one. Oh no <laughs> and the next one was a guy with a history in the marines uh basically uh no with the navy because that's where it went wrong <laughs> I, told, I asked him Uh, about his history with the Navy. So I said, you know, the Navy, it's hierarchical and it's uh, with the routines and with uh, uh, rituals and all these things that are really important for the Navy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can imagine for leadership, you can create an analogy uh, related to the Navy. So the guys started to talk about the Navy and one of the other guys in the audience was a Marine a former Marine. Oh boy. And what I didn't realize was that the Navy and the Marines are kind of enemy things. <laughs> so the, the Marine guys started talking to the, to the Navy guys. Yeah, the Navy guys are sissies. <coughs> and I just stood there. I thought, oh my goodness, this is, 
really wow. not going well. <laughs> so I, I literally stood there and I thought, okay, I can, there's, there are two things I can do. I can try to want well, to do something with this and play with the guys, but I'm, I'm sure I'm going to lose because they were so caught up in this whole discussion about the I'm Marie. Sure. And um, so I decided to do the only thing that I thought would be possible. So I said, guys, guys, I'm trying to build in some nice interactive thing here in my presentation. <laughs> it doesn't work. Can we just move on? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you addressed it right there and then. Exactly. What exactly. happened? And, well, and they said, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the two guys said, yeah, we'll discuss it after the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was fine. And that was the end of it. And then I could move on with my presentation. Oh, and wow. In retrospect, that was the best thing I could have done because I addressed it. And I was completely honest with the audience saying, you know, I try, I'm, I'm really trying hard to, to do something here and it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, can we just move on? Um, and afterwards, people came up to me and said, you know what? We loved that part of your presentation because you always speak about authenticity, about yes. being real, about showing up as your true self. And that's exactly what you did. So you're not just telling people about it you're showing it you're living it and they loved it they loved it oh great and that comes it proves again and again that when we are authentic we're we should not feel obligated to be perfect exactly. it's not going well okay let's just say it and <laughs> yeah. do something with it move on <laughs> that's it so you dealt with it in a brilliant way and as you mentioned it, Lesson learned. Always make sure that we just, okay, we own it and let's just do something else with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, at the the very moment, I was sweating and I thought, what am I going to do with this? (laughs) That really must have been an uncomfortable situation. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, even though we do learn from challenges, I'm sure you have quite a few great memories, at least one that you can share with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was really hard to to pick the best one. But I think one of the major ones that I loved was that I was on the very same stage as my very first time when I presented for the in front of the same audience. So during the corporate university and Uh, the corporate university had a theme for that week, which was cultural diversity. Mm. So up front, I asked many people from different countries about their prejudice about other people in the room. And not so much about the people, but about the nationalities. Okay. So the French gave their opinion on the English and the Americans, and the Americans gave their opinion on the Germans and the Dutch and It was hilarious. So I got all that input up front (laughs) and I turned that into a kind of speech. And I must say, I'm quite, well, yeah, I'm quite good with accents. Uh, So better. (laughs) Yeah. So it was so funny because I, so I impersonated an American person saying, you know what, about the French guys, they're no real man. 
So, you know, with a real American accent and, and obviously I tried it with the French, you know, with the French accent or like this. Yes. Um, so they loved it. They loved it. But it was so hilarious because at a certain point, as, as the American lady, I said about the French, uh, the French men are no real men. That's what, that's the input that I received. So I was just the messenger. <laughs> um, and the French, there were quite a number of French people in the room, especially men. And they were roaring in the room. And they were like, yeah, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> and one of them sat front row. <laughs> he, st- he stood up. And I was completely surprised by this whole thing that started and he stood up and he said well come in my room and I'll show you oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) that was really amazing but it was so lovely to do and to to just imitate the accents of the Americans the French the Germans the French uh, the the Italians oh wow it was hilarious it was hilarious it was a great memory and I'm sure it probably did a huge difference in the connection that you made with the audience. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. an awesome idea. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, during the week, which was all about cultural diversity, the jokes that I had made during that presentation, they were, people were constantly referring to those jokes. Oh. So, for instance... Um, a joke that they, uh, that I got from, I think it was from the English about the Germans saying they always wear uh, Birkenstocks <laughs> and they always wear white socks. Uh, so during the week, every German colleague that I encountered, they just lifted up his pants and just show me their socks. <laughs> <laughs> so It was so funny. It was so funny. It had a it's- huge impact. That's it. That's what I was going to say. When you have people coming back and just bringing back some of those, some of those elements and the jokes and that were pulled off when you started your talk, that's a winning situation because it means it was throughout the week that people just brought them back. They remembered. Yeah. Being remembered is really what every public speaker presenter is aiming at. That's our main goal. Yeah. And the funny thing is many people still remember that talk because just, (laughs) I think a few months ago I spoke to a former colleague because, well, obviously I'm now my own boss since 2010 uh, and one of my former colleagues said, oh, I remember that speech when you were on stage and you were doing the accents. And it was amazing. <laughs> and that's, I think that's now 15 years ago or something. Oh, great. Yeah. That's, being that memorable is yeah. really awesome because yeah. these days it's not often that people remember that long. But we have we need to include that little special twist, our special twist, our yeah. special, let's call it landmark, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I fully agree. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, that's a very <laughs> memorable story. I'll still remember it. Too, sure. That's lovely. <laughs> and that brings me, it's interesting because you gathered pe- some stories from people Prior, which brings me, how do you usually prepare for a speech or presentation? 
Well, first of all, I uh, dive into my audience. I really want to know who is in the room, um, what are their main interests, what are they looking for, what do they need, uh, what do I think they need? Yeah. Uh, because that can be a huge difference between what they actually need and what I think they need. Oh, yeah. Um, so I always try to gather as much information as I can. Um, so first of all, it's, it's about the audience. And then it's about my story as well. And of course, you know, it's timing. Um, if I, I mean, if you get 10 minutes or 15 or half an hour, it's a huge difference. And I really hate it when people don't respect the timing. Oh, uh, I, I really totally agree with that. Yeah. So if you get 10 minutes, you need to stick to 10 minutes. And mm -hmm. you need to be finished in nine, eight or nine, so people have time to ask some questions. Um, I think there are so many people who just take, I don't know, 15 minutes and just, yeah, yeah, I need some, a bit more time. You just, that's not, then you're not well prepared. You just, you're just not. It's rude. It's not respecting people, exactly. other people's time yeah. and even your audience's time because yeah. in the end, everything will go overboard and over time. Yeah. And it's sad because thinking that you just need to give more to be memorable, that's not true. No, no, definitely quality not. Quality information and finish on time. Exactly. Or as I say to clients sometimes, you know what? No one will ever complain because you finish early. No. Because they'll just say, oh, finished already. Exactly. But people are aiming at. They don't want to be bored. They just want to have presentations or meetings that finish while well, they think they finish earlier than they thought it would. And that yeah. makes them happy. That's yeah, definitely. That's yeah, a good point. Finishing yeah, on so time is a good thing. Definitely. Yeah. And, and what I always find very important is that I really want to focus on my main message to mm -hmm. realize what is it that I want them to take away from this presentation? What is it if they have to remember one thing? Yes. What is it? What is it? And that's the message that I should convey. And um, yeah, that's, that's basically my, my main preparation. And practice, rehearse in front of the mirror, out loud. Even if you've done hundreds of presentations, practice, practice, practice. Oh, absolutely. Words yeah. of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I would have said, too. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And finally, yeah. Nicolene, we're already at the end of this. I would like you to share what would be your one tip that would help empower women and make them more confident on stage? What I always find quite useful to do, uh, and it's not a very common practice, but when you're nervous, um, it's really important to call a friend before you do the presentation and Talk about the presentation as if you have delivered it already. Oh, and speak, I like that. And speak about it. In, and it's, it went fantastic. People loved it. And they were asking amazing questions. And afterwards, they came up to me and they'd just, you know, visualize the final result. How you want it to be. Yes. And... What it does, it's pre actually, it's a visualization exercise and it really wires your brain 
for success. So you're going to act to what, well, more or less already happened in your head. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's, that's a, a one. I always give that advice to my clients as well, and they love it, and it works. And at first, you know, they're a bit giggly, and, and <laughs> I'm just pretending that it happened already. But it works. It really works. What I like about your tip is that people that don't believe in visualization, if they have to actually speak to someone, then they won't be in the same mood. They're actually tricking their brains because they're actually talking to someone. That's amazing. That's a very great tip. Nicolene, thank you so much for all you shared with us, with the listeners and myself. And what I'll be doing, I'll be sharing your links because you have links where people can connect with you. So I really just tell them, connect with you, get to know you, contact her. And uh, just plain follow what you're doing because you've shared a lot of valuable information. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's really been a pleasure and I really love connecting. So uh, yeah, do reach out and find me on social media. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking.